Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. Church, good to see everybody today. Hey, we got a pretty good turnout for Labor Day, honestly. Um, look at you all showing up to church. Hey, uh, real quick, next week, couple of announcements um, before I get to next week. This week, Tuesday night, for all the men, we are meeting in here at 6.30 p.m. Um, to just get closer to God. That's all it is. It's a service. I'm not even gonna call it a Bible study. It's a service to just challenge us as men to become better and to draw closer to Him. And so it's 6.30. Guys, come on. Let's get here. Let, we can fill stadiums um, and we can go to football games and sweat our rears off yesterday in Norman, and like, feeling cold's good, right? When you're 95 degrees outside, it's good. It's good not to sweat anymore. But, um, you know, we can go through painful things to have an experience that really doesn't change us, um, but this is something that can really change you and change the the trajectory of your life. And so, Tuesday night, 6.30 for all the men. We've got three more weeks left. And then next week, next week, right here, Foundation Church on Sunday morning, we turn 10 years old. We go double digits. Um, And so... Um, it is going to be a really fun service, a great time. It's not going to be a service where we talk about the last 10 years and how great they've been. We're going to delve into that a little bit, but this is going to be, it's Labor Day weekend. Is this weekend. We know that, but it's a great weekend for you to start inviting your friends, your coworkers, your family members, somebody you've been thinking about. And I can tell you right now, I'm going to be speaking on hope. And some of you, you know someone who needs to hear a message on hope because they really are at a place where they don't feel like they have any. If you know someone, man, it may, may, maybe, maybe they don't need hope, but they just need a church. Let's be people that are found, that are finding, because found people find people. It is something we believe to our core. So bring your person. Don't just invite them once and be like, you missed out. It was your one shot to come to church with me. Uh, make sure that you are, are joining me in being found people that find people and let's keep blowing up. Let's keep going out after I give you a little bit of a praise report real quick. Um, Praise report is what we say in church world when something really good happened. And some of you are like, what's a praise report? Like if there a newscaster getting ready to come on and be like, praise report. Um, But uh, last week we were right at 700 people um, here at Foundation Church. That is the biggest number we had um, just on a regular Sunday since like a long time. And so Foundation Church, yeah, you're doing a... You're doing a fantastic job at this. Let's go. Let's put the pedal to the metal and just go for it. Um, Last week, this is the last week of Fundamentals, and this has been a series all about how we get away from the main things, and it's really easy to do as followers of Christ to get away from the main things, and this is one of these messages uh, that is serious, but I'm really hyper today, um, and it's going to be really fun. Um, And so last week, when we were going through, uh, I I went into the Greek, delved and 
delved into the Greek a little bit, gave you some uh, Spurgeon quotes, and people were like, what is happening to this guy? Look at him going deep and all mature. Um, and so, so I don't want to, to like, not, I'm not going to the Greek today, but I don't want to leave us shy on your quote. Um, but this is a different person that I've never quoted, um, but probably some of you have heard of. Um, he is one of the great three theologians of my childhood. Um, I think he's cousins with Watchman Nee, if you've never heard of Watchman Nee. Amazing, amazing guy. Um, but his name is called Mr. Miyagi. And I'm not talking about the pretender Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan is not Mr. Miyagi. I'm just telling you, that is a cheap knockoff of the original Pat Morda, Mr. Miyagi. And Mr. Miyagi would tell Daniel's son this, and it has stuck with me, and I've waited for my moment. I'm getting ready to take some of you back to your past, Karate Kid Part 2. He said, never put passion before principle. Even if you win, you lose. Never put passion before principle. Even if you win, you lose. This is the way I say it. Never put feelings before convictions. Even if you get what you want, you lose what really matters. Never put passion before conviction. Even if you get what you really want, you lose what really matters. So today, I want to talk to us about the topic of compromise, of compromise. Um, and this is, um, man, this is such an important topic, such a, a crucial topic for us to talk about within the church. Uh, this past week, as I was, uh, Wednesday night, my wife had taken the kids to youth service, and I was at home with our, uh, our dog, or horse puppy, as she calls him, because um, he's just a big old dog. Um, we're in the pool swimming, having a great time, and I'm, I'm swimming to the deep end, and I look up, and I, in my face, in my face, is a snake. <laughs> I know, and I told Casey, I go, I didn't even cuss. I was like, if I, I'm just telling you, if I'm not going to cuss in that situation, I'm just not a cusser. Um, and that thing, I, I'm pretty sure it was an eight-foot king cobra, or it had to at least, at least be the most dangerous, deadly snake that there was. And I'm not kidding. It was swimming at me. It swam, and it hissed and said, Justin. <laughs> Slither. Now, I'm, I've exaggerated this story up to this point. Um, I'm not exaggerating this part. I don't remember getting out of the pool. I'm in the deep end. I don't know if I blacked out. I don't know if God teleported me. Um, I can tell you I didn't go down and touch the bottom and then spring up. I don't know if I walked on water. All I know is there was no handprints of pushing up. I got out of that pool. I grabbed a net. I grabbed a hoe and I slayed my enemy into the dust. I mean, his carcass is ash now. I'm like, I didn't just kill it. I thought about burning it. I was just like, ah, here's a warning to all you dead snakes about this big. But all you other snakes, you know. Freaked me out. And here's the deal. It freaked me out because I, I, I am not a snake hunter. I am not looking for snakes. I'm not looking for trouble, but trouble found me, right? That's kind of how it is. Now, and, and the rest of the time in the pool, I'm just freaked out. Like, I'm like, oh, you know, like anything hits my back. My dog's nose hit me in the small of my back. I was like, ah! Um, I was like, it's his brother. It's his brother. Um, 
freaked me out. Here's the deal, I, I wasn't looking for trouble, but trouble found me. And while I was doing this, I really think God may have put that snake in my pole. It's bad theology, I know, but um, I was like, that's, ex that's exactly how it works. You're, you're enjoying life. You're not, you, you're not looking to, for Satan to make trouble with Satan, right? You're not like, hey, hey, devil, bring it, right? Most of us aren't. No, most of us are just completely in our own world trying to do good, be good. But can I tell you, just because you don't mess with Satan doesn't mean that Satan's not going to mess with you. And we have lost talking about Satan. We, we think, oh, it's just heaven and all good things and butterflies and kisses, like butterfly kisses. Um, and we, 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 we think it should be all, but, but, but hear me, the reality is we have a real enemy and his name's Satan. And Satan. Um, and what Satan wants to do is very clear in the scriptures. And, and here's what it says in the Bible. It says, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 9, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Stay alert. Watch out for your enemy, the devil. You, you got to be aware. That's what Peter's saying, man. You got to be alert. You got to be aware because Satan's coming after you. John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Or as another translation says, to the full. And here's what I would tell you is that even if you don't want to mess with Satan, even if you're not going after Satan, Satan is coming after you and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything God wants to give, birth, and build in your life. He, it's just, that's the way it is. And his craftiest tool where I have seen man after man, woman after woman that knew the Bible inside and out, that didn't know the Bible, that weren't even a, a follower of Christ. I've seen it across the board, the young and the old, his craftiest, slyest gift that he uses, his weapon that he uses is compromise. It's compromise. And it is going on rampant within our culture and within our church. And so here's what I want us to understand about compromise and excuses. Point one, you excuse your way to compromise and compro compromise your way to regret. You excuse your way to compromise and you compromise your way to regret. Excuses. We all got excuses. We've all used excuses, especially if you went to school and your teacher had a really clever saying about excuses, right? Um, and, and we've all had excuses and, and at times we've had good excuses. And sometimes excuses are real. Sometimes they're valid. But, but some of us, excuses have become a way of life. They become our nature. It's just what we do. And we have just used excuse after excuse after excuse. In fact, we have used excuse, and when excuses aren't good enough, we blame other people for the way our life has turned out and the way our situations are instead of making changes that will bring change. And so today I want us to look at a person in the Bible named Lot. He's in the Old Testament first book, Genesis chapter 13 and 14 is what we're going to look at. If you've got your Bible, you can flip there. Genesis chapter 13 and chapter 14 is going to be our text. And the story of Lot shows us the power and the consequence 
of compromise and excuses. It says this in Genesis chapter 13, verse 11 through 13. So Lot chose for himself. Let me, let me set this up real quick because I'm getting ready to read this. Abraham, all of us remember Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had father Abraham. I'm one, you did all this thing and it was fun and great. And you know, you love doing that song in children's church. Um, However, Abraham's a real guy, not just a song. And Abraham and Lot are uncle and nephew. Lot is Abraham's nephew. And they have been hanging out. They've been living uh, close to one another. But Lot and Abraham are both rich. And here's a rich people first world problem right now. He had too many herds. Abraham had too many herds. They had too many herdsmen that they started fighting over the plains and where their herds could graze and where his herds could graze. First world problems. Where you know, drinking holes, you know, and, and so Abraham said, lot, 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 lot. Let's stop fighting about this. Man, look at the west and look at the east and you pick which direction you want to go. And so that's what this story is saying as we catch up. So Lot chose for himself, he looked out, the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. So the two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now, the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. Now, I, I want us to focus on this, verse 13. Now, the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. Where did Lot set up camp? Near to Sodom. Right? That's where he chose to live. And, and this isn't like a blind thing, like Lot didn't know. Lot, Lot knew, right? Lot, Lot knew where not to go. Like, here's the deal. There is something instinct in us that we know where not to go. We do. Like, you don't have to tell me where to not go where I'm going to find trouble. Now, where you would have to tell me is like where to find drugs because I'm like, I have no idea. Like, you know, like, where do you get the marijuana? I have no idea. You know, like... Where do you get the nose candy? Um, I, I got nothing. Like, I, I, no, no, nothing's going up this. Um, but <laughs> nobody had to tell Lot where to find trouble. He, he knew the reputation, reputation of Sodom. And I wonder what Lot's excuse was, right? Because he had one. What, I, I'm not living in Sodom, right? I'm just, I'm just near it. I'm not, what, what, what's, what's, here it is, what's the big deal? I, I'm just, and, and this isn't like a teenager we're talking about, okay? We're talking about a grown man who has a family. What's the big deal? I, I, you know, I, I've, I've got this close and nothing bad happened, so what if I get a little closer, you know? Um, um, well, here's my favorite, and this is what I think he probably said, well, I'm not going to be doing anything bad. Right? I, I'm not going to be, be participating in what all is happening in Sodom. I'm just going to kind of be close to it. Going to kind of be around. I'm going to go. Here, here, here it is. This is the original I'm the designated driver excuse, right? This is, this is what it is. I, I, okay, I'll, I'll drive for everyone. I'll go. I won't participate. But, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just be... The, the driver and your Uber and later um, for a good reason. Here's what I can tell you about Lot's story is that he excused himself right into compromise. He, he simply excused himself right into compromise. And we see it happen over and over and over all throughout time, all throughout our life. 
is people excuse themselves into compromise, and it's no different than what Lot did. It's just the names have changed. Since the beginning of time, excuses and compromise have been traveling companions. Check out what it says in verse chapter 14, verse 11 and 12. So these kings have attacked Sodom and Gomorrah. They're pillaging Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says this, the four kings seized all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food, and then they went away. Catch this. Then they also carried off Abram's nephew, Lot, and his possessions since he was living in Sodom. One chapter. I'm next to it. I'm in it. I'm next to it. I'm in it. I'm everybody with me. I'm next to it. I'm in it. Right? And you're. I'm going. I'm going. I'm. I'm. What? Like how, what happened? What, what went on? I'm just going. How did you do that, man? Like how did you? How did that happen? And, and here's how it happened. Here's how his excuse, here's how his compromise led to regret. Because hear me, compromise over time eventually leads to regret. If you don't read me, believe me, go read the story. Keep reading. Check this out. Go read Genesis 14 on. Like Lot loses his possessions. Lot's, uh, Lot's volunteering thing. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but he's, he's turned into this just snake of a person. And his wife turns into a pillar of salt. You're like, that's in the Bible? It's in the Bible. It's really cool. You should read it. But how in the world did he go from living near to living in, it, it's, it's simple. Sodom was always an option. He, he got close enough that Sodom, went, well, I'm, I'm, I'm close. And when you get close to something, eventually it's an option because you keep it open long enough. And I, I said this before, and it's probably the only good quote I've ever come up with in my life. As long as it's an option, it will always be a temptation. As, a lo as long as that relationship that you are leaving open that should not be open is an option. It will always be a temptation. As long as that website is an option to go visit because you didn't put net nanny on your phone, I see more people's marriages, jobs, ministries destroyed by cell phones than I have seen ever before in my life because it is an option and where there is an option, there is always a temptation. You go near to being in in an instant because you allowed it to be an option. You're always going to have to face temptation. But hear me, where you don't have to face it, where you can close it down and shut it down, close it down and shut it down. Because where it's an, man, where it's an option, you're always going to be tempted. So in reading these two chapters, here's what I can tell you about Lot's life. Here's what I can tell you about what happened in Lot in just two chapters is that he drifted gradually. He drifted Gradually, Hebrews chapter two, verse one says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. We must listen very carefully. You're gonna hear this theme throughout the rest of the message. We must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. Now, back in the day, Casey and I, when we would travel the Turner Turnpike, we would stop at the McDonald's right there at Midway. We call this the good old days at the Graves house um, because I got to eat McDonald's and Coke and uh, McDonald's french fries. And I got to tell you, 
McDonald's french fries, I'm not a fan of McDonald's, but McDonald's french fries are awesome. I think they are going to be at the banquet supper of the lamb. Um, I think Ronald McDonald is going to come out on roller skates and be like, fries for everyone, and they won't make you fat. You know, I just think those things are hot, and they are salty, and you're just like, oh, hallelujah. Um, and here's the deal. Ladies, when, when a man eats fries, like you're cute with your little one fry dipped in the ketchup. It's a matter of conquering that fry box. Like, because you don't want to get full before you finish your fries. I know if I eat slower, I'll get full faster. That's the whole point. I'm going to walk and just shove them in my mouth as fast as I can. But when Casey and I would go on the road, we would get it to go. And she's like, are you sure you can eat this quarter pounder, this french fry, and uh, supersize that with the Diet Coke, right? I'm on a diet. Um, but, um, are you sure you can eat it? I'm like, girl, you see this? see these right here? I got these knees all day. I can drive this car. And so she would hand me my quarter pounder. Um, she would hand me my french fries and I'm driving with my knees and I'm cruising. She's like, are you sure you don't need me to drive? I got this. I got it. I got it. But here's what happens. Inevitably, we drop a french fry, right? And, and, and where it drops isn't like on your lap. It's not somewhere convenient. No, that would be too convenient, right? It drops in what I call the car's purgatory. It drops somewhere between the seat and the console where you're like, I know you're not lost, but I can't find you yet. You're kind of stuck in a place. Um, you're not in heaven. You're not in hell. You're, you're still reachable. <laughs> like you're, you're, they're in purgatory. Like it's, it's the car's purgatory. And so what happens is I start digging. And I start, I got it, I got it, I got it. And when I start to dig, I start to drift, right? Because my eyes aren't on the road. My eyes aren't on the path I should be going on. And when that happens, it doesn't happen like all of a sudden, it's not like one of my knees like hits a wheel and we go like hard left. No, 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 because I would realize that. Um, and it's, if I would listen to my wife, she'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just like, no, I'm getting this fry. Um, <laughs> I'm busy. Um, it happens gradually. And have you ever noticed when you drift gradually, when you're driving, you, you don't drift into safety? Come on now. You don't drift into a parking spot like, wow, how'd that happen? Like, <laughs> so weird. No, you drift into somebody else's lane, you know, and you're like, that guy starts honking at you and you're like, you're honking at me? I got a lost fry. We're like the Marines, leave no fry behind, right? You're like, nah important business. No, you drift off the road. And, and, and here's the deal. It happens gradually. And Lot, Lot knew better. Lot knew better. But he got near compromise. He got closer to compromise. And eventually, it led to regret. Eventually, it cost him. And some of us, we wonder, how in the, how in the world did I get from there did I get to here? It was, it was, it's easy. You compromise slowly, but when we compromise gradually, oh, this is so big. When we compromise gradually, eventually it brings sudden regret. Man, it, bring, it comes on sudden, and you're like, ah. Oh. And you didn't get there by a massive U-turn. For most of us, we got there slowly. You compromise yourselves in inches, not miles. And you get there by making small concessions, small concessions, small decisions, small decisions, just like Lot did. And here's what the Word of God says. The writer of Hebrews says this. No, 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 no. Listen. Listen, Linda. Listen. Listen, Linda. Listen very carefully to the truth. Not to what's convenient. Not to what you want to. To the truth 
Because if you don't, you and I are more likely to drift away from it. Gradual compromise brings sudden regret. Second thing I can tell you about Lot's life is this, is that association brings assimilation. Association brings assimilation. Check out 1 Corinthians 15, 13. Now the NIV says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I love what it says in the contemporary English version. It says, don't fool yourselves. Bad friends will destroy you. Woo! Bad friends will destroy you. Here, Lot didn't start off with bad judgment because he was hanging with Abram. He, he hadn't even got the ham to his name yet, and Abram was still good, right? He was still good counsel. He was hanging with Abram, not Abraham. Um, and, and he wasn't making bad choices. But when Lot decided to hang out in Sodom, when he decided to get close and then eventually in, and he started hanging out there, when, when stuff hit the fan, and it's going to happen in life, when everything fell apart, he starts volunteering his daughters to be used and to be raped by men that are trying to invade his house to rape the men of God. It's in the Bible. Read it. Check it out. I'm telling you, it's crazy. What? Why, how? What a sleazebag. Like, I would never, ever volunteer my daughters for something like that. But you see, that's what somebody else in that city of Sodom would have done. Peter didn't have bad judgment, didn't deny Jesus when he was around all the disciples. He denied Jesus when he got around other people that didn't love Jesus. See, association brings assimilation. Eventually, you will, you will become who you hang out with. And if you are hanging out with the wrong crowd, hear me, teenagers, all the parents right now, because school just started, are like, yes, go, go, go. I mean, they're flossing, and they're, they're ready. They're like, yes. Association, when you're a teenager, your friends have the power to destroy you. And there is no neutral effect. There, it's either positive or negative. You got a positive wire or a negative wire. No neutral wire is in your life when it comes to your friendships. And parents, the same thing applies to you. Man, I've seen so many adults throw it all away, start compromising and come to a place of regret because they hung out with the wrong people. And some of us say, well, Justin, I can't find the right people. I would rather hang out with no one than the wrong ones. And I understand we're called to be found people that find people. But in the process, you've got to make sure you don't get lost yourself. You have, man, hear your pastor's heart today. Association, no matter your age, no matter how much you know, I, I know the Bible, I know the Bible association, if you're not careful, you start hanging with wrong, eventually you will start doing wrong. So how do we not live a life of regret? How do we not excuse ourselves to compromise and compromise ourselves to regret? Here's what I would tell you is this. You don't arrive at a life of meaning, and I would even say of significance, you guard your way there. You don't arrive at a life of meaning, just like you don't arrive at a parking spot when you're drifting, right? You don't arrive to a life of significance, like when somebody asks you, how'd you get there? You're like, I, didn't, I have no idea. I have, like you ask somebody how they've been married 50 years and they will give you a wealth of knowledge. 
You ask somebody, how did you succeed in business? They will give you a wealth of knowledge. You ask somebody, how did you live this life and raise great kids? They will give you wealth of knowledge because they didn't just arrive there by chance. Man, they guarded their way. They guarded their path. Um, and here's what the Bible says. Psalms 119 verse 1 through 3 says, Joyful are people of, a, of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil. And they walk only in his paths. They walk only in his paths paths. And can I tell you, most of the times the things that wreak havoc in our life, most of us say, well, I would never walk the path of evil. Who wants to do that? That didn't even sound fun, right? Most of the time when we compromise with evil, we compromise with it because we don't think it's that bad. We think, oh, it's not, it's not that, can't be that evil, can't be that bad. But you're on his path or you're on your own path. And his path sometimes doesn't make sense. And his path sometimes is extreme. And his path sometimes is hard to stay on. But you've got to guard, you've got to guard, you've got to watch, you've got to make sure, man, I'm not, I'm not walking on that path, I'm not walking, I, I am guarding my path. Because the Bible says this in Proverbs 27, 12, the wise see danger ahead and avoid it, but fools keep going and get into trouble. You want to know how you get off or, or when you're on the wrong path is when you're convicted about the path you're on. And hear me, some of us, we have conviction, but we don't have the courage to follow it. Conviction is useless if you don't have the courage to follow it. Man, you can know right from wrong, but if you don't have the courage to actually follow it, then it's useless in your life. And here's what the Bible says. Man, the wise see danger. If you're going to have this, this meaningful life, if you're going to live life to the full like God has said, if you're going to see the things that God has given to you, birthing in you and building in you, not still killed and destroyed, then you're not just going to be seeing danger. You're going to have the wisdom to keep avoiding it. But if you just keep going, the Bible says this, man, and you're only destroying yourself. You're the one becoming foolish in this thing. The wise see danger ahead, and they don't just know it's dangerous. They don't just know it's bad. They don't just know it's compromised. They don't just know that it's, but they have the courage to take action from the conviction. I love this scripture, and man, I would just encourage all of us Homework this week, Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. Memorize it. It's not that long. Memorize it. Hide the word of God in your heart that you may not sin against him, right? You can't, what you don't hide, you don't, you, if you don't possess it, you can't hide it. Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. There it is, Linda. Listen, Linda. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. When they get in deep, there's a great effect it has. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Let's stop for a second. Guard your heart above all else. Guard your emotions. Guard your feelings is what the scripture's saying here. Man, guard your soul. Don't let your feelings lead you. They are great companions, but they are horrible leaders. What it feels right. It don't matter if it feels right. Is it right? Right? 
Guard your heart. Man, you, you get there by guarding. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the path, right? It determines the path you're on, the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. I love what the scripture says in the New Testament, fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. What are your eyes focusing on? What are they fixed on? Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked, but keep your feet from following evil. Man, this is the key to it. This, this is it. You want to know how to have a life of meaning? You want to know how to arrive at the place of significance? It's right here in Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 27. That you're guarding your heart. You're guarding your path. You're staying focused. You just aren't like me swimming in the pool, kind of just going through life. But you're going through life every day, every moment with purpose. Can I tell you what we guard, we value? Every night before we go to bed, I put my alarm on my house. Why? Because I value my, my kids and my wife. We bought a big dog that's mean, okay? I'm just gonna tell you. You come to my house, it's gonna be in a crate because he's gonna growl on you, at you on purpose. Um, because when the boys come over to date my daughters, I want that dog to scare the holy mess out of those boys. I'm the, the girls are like, are you going to make them nice? I'm like, no, I'm not going to make them nice. I'm going to make them meaner. I'm going to teach him a German world, word that means sick. Like, get him. Um, here's the deal. What, he's actually a nice dog, but why do, we do, why do we do this? Why do we keep track of our bank account? Why do we do this? You don't just hope money's in there. You make sure money's in there. Well, you have fraud insurance. Why? Because you want to make sure that your identity is safe. Because we guard what we value. And how crazy for you and I to have alarms on our house, to have fraud insurance, to have all these things, and yet you and I aren't guarding our path. We aren't guarding our decisions. We're compromising through life. Here's what Galatians 1, 6, it's just a small phrase. It's talking about, man, when other people fall away, bring them back to the, to the body of Christ. And, and, and in the process of it, make sure you don't fall away yourselves. And it says this little phrase in Galatians 1, 6, it says, keep watch over yourselves. Keep, keep watch over yourselves. And this morning, my prayers, your pastor, this may be one of the most important messages you hear. It, it, it truly might be, and I'm preaching on Labor Day, which is insane. But how are you doing at keeping watch over yourself? Because the reality is this, nobody can do it for you but you. Wives, your husbands can't watch over you. Husbands, your wives can't watch over you. Teenagers, your parents can try to watch over you, but you're going to get away with what you want to get away with. Grandparents, young professionals, college, keep watch over yourselves. Guard your path. Guard your way to life of significance. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, we just come before you. And Lord, I pray that this morning, this message would be one of those where we stay alert. God, we, we stay alert. 
that we wouldn't just hear your word, but this morning we would listen carefully. Listen carefully to the truth. Or the reality is, man, we drift so easily away from it. We drift from what we know is true. We drift away from what we know is right. And we compromise ourselves to regret. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that we would become like the psalmist and we would hide your word in our heart. Lord, your word that is speaking truth and life and wisdom, that we would hide it in our hearts today. And that we would be very intentional about guarding the path that our life is on. So that we don't end up at a place of excuses and compromise that leads to regret. But that we would live and arrive at this place of significance, a blessing, of reward and of meaning. Lord, that's where we all want to be. And so, God, I pray in this place, man, in this place, speak to us, because that's the desire. Man, we want to live this significant life. We want to have life and have it to the full. So, God, I pray everything that you are giving, everything that you are birthing, and everything that you are building in us, that we would guard it, that we would have the courage to change when your conviction comes into our life. Lord, I pray, speak to us. Move in us. In Jesus' name I pray, with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here and I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, we want to give you that chance. This morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, you know what, when you're talking about dra gradually drifting somewhere, I, I, I don't even know how I got there. But somewhere, I drifted. Somewhere along the way, I, I got to a place where I'm not supposed to be. And I don't need to be, and there needs to be a change. This morning, you can keep making excuses, you can keep making compromises, or, or, or you can make a change. When I count to three, if that's you, I just want you to simply raise your hand and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today you say, Justin, that's me. There's one hand, there's two hands, there's three hands. Is there anyone else you join? These three hands that are lifted before we go any further, you say, Justin, man, that's me this morning. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And I just confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give these three to four individuals that raise their hand a huge round of applause? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Foundation Church, can you stand up with me across this building? I want to tell you. 
Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv.